want to be Arnold. Yes. want to wear my shirt tails down to there. I want to be Gerald. Watch me now. Talking cool, rocking hair. I want to be Helga. Out of my way. One big eyebrow looking good. I want to hang with Arnold's gang and save the neighborhood. Aren't you glad? You watching? You watching? You watching, Nick? Aren't you glad? You watching? You watching? You watching, Nick? Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Alex. And this is episode 97. Mm-hmm. We're talking right an episode, Hey Arnold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you feel going into this one? Um, man, it was, I thought, compared to the other ones that we've done so far, I think it was really tough to capture the... Um, feel of Hey Arnold. Yeah. Uh, something about that mood that a lot of the episodes had is like somewhere in between um, funny and serious. So yeah. It's a weird. Did you find yourself putting on some like jazz? <laughs> I was thinking of it as I was writing it, you know, like yeah. uh, some of the cues from the episode, you know, it, how those sound. I have a part in my story, not to, it doesn't spoil anything. <laughs> I had a part of my story where there's a kind of a joke or a jokey thing, and I thought of that symbol crash that happens uh, in yeah. Arnold, where like something really <laughs> wacky happens, and it's just like a quick like. Shh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, even as I was writing it, I was like, oh, I think that would happen. <laughs> um, how about you, Alex? We haven't talked about Arnold with you before, have we? No. Uh, fan growing up, or yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I love it, but uh, I felt pretty good surprisingly like i think i came up with an idea pretty quick okay it took a little while to flesh out all the details but once it did it just came flowing out (laughs) (laughs) like niagara falls um uh well we'll talk more about arnold in a second uh and then after our episodes we got a little arnold trivia we'll try but uh in the meantime we we heard from you guys uh so we'll read some of your letters here the first letter we received was from a new listener, uh, Cameron, and it says, Hello there, Gut Buckets. My name is Cameron, uh, I'm a girl by the way, <laughs> and plan to message you guys a long time ago. I just want to say that I've been listening to your podcast for a couple months and I enjoyed listening to you guys talk about, uh, I enjoy listening to you guys talk about 90s Nickelodeon shows while driving or doing chores around the house. The episode that I watched first that got me hooked was the Pete and Pete episode, Field of Pete great choice yeah our um our soul straight fives from last uh, year uh yumi and barrett i think straight fives yeah and i went back and looked actually sorry to, to kind of <laughs> derail here but um we've only had two episodes on the whole run of the podcast that got perfect scores field of pete and you want to guess the other hmm. actually it was just you and me so it's oh, not wow. real fair but was it another pete and pete no wow no uh I really have no idea. Uh, Zeke the Plumber. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She says, I never saw the show before and decided to watch that episode, and I found it to actually be quite funny. No wonder you guys love it so much. Uh, I laughed at the slush money quote, and uh, and it took tons of willpower for me not to imply a political joke. Uh, I find it cool to hear about your memories of the 90s, and since I was born in 1994, I only got to experience the latter half, uh, but I still remember some of the fads and trends of that time. 
Anyways, I'll end off by saying great work on the podcast, and I can't wait for the 100th episode. Sincerely, Cameron. Oh, really nice. Yes. Uh, Great to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. This one's from Adam. He says, hey there, butt guckets. I found your show about a year ago and have been enjoying your passion for exploring all the Nick shows I remember and all the ones I don't. I was happy to hear Keenan and Kel made Joey's list of favorite first seasons. Mm -hmm. However, I wanted to shine some light on a couple glaring omissions. Joey gave the season a 50% listing 7 out of 14 episodes really, really good. That's correct. (laughs) And the other 7 were less so. While I agree there's some stinkers looking at you, Da Bomb. (laughs) (laughs) There are three very good episodes I'd put on the other side of the cutoff and personally recommend. Mo Sweater Blues... Mm-hmm. Keenan's date wears a sweater knit by her late grandmother. Kel spills, you guessed it, orange soda on it. <laughs> Keenan tries to get the stain out. Things get worse. It's a classic sitcom setup with great escalation. <laughs> <laughs> Kel's Chinese food order might be one of the best jokes of the season, if not the show. Mm. The next one's Merry Christmas Keenan. It's no Arnold's Christmas, but it's a pretty heartfelt holiday special that captures the spirit of giving perfectly and multiplies it by double K nonsense. (laughs) It also introduced the tuba phone, the greatest instrument telephone of the 90s. (laughs) Uh, And the last one is Twizzles Fizzles. Keenan neglects to feed his dad's parrot and spends the rest of the episode currying favors, nauseating strangers, and charting a course for Japan in an attempt to evade his father's murderous <laughs> wrath. <laughs> that was a good one. Good Kel moments, but this is a Keenan episode showing every possible human expression of panic. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I hope I can chime in soon with more incredibly specific Keenan and Kel info. Adam. Yeah. Of, of those, I think maybe most sweaters... Uh... Would, would be the one I'm probably close to really, I, you know, a lot of good laughs, a lot of classic yeah. sitcom laughs in that one. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Uh, this next one is from maybe our most controversial writer in the last month, mm-hmm. Mark. <laughs> so Mark started out with a brutal attack on Chris. Chris uh, responded in kind, correcting him, and it seems like everything's calm now. Yeah. So, just a good old email from Mark here. He says, uh, "Good evening, Gut Buckets. I'm starting to see that Chris and myself are more alike than different, because we both know Ronnie Pinsky is the superior Camp Anawana camper. <laughs> he's got way more personality. He's more likable, which means he's at least one percent likable, since Michael was zero percent oh, on his boy. best day, and he was the one. Uh, he was the one formidable opponent." to Budnick. How many campers had the ability to prank Ugg and stay on his good side, however small that side may be? Uh, Michael does not have one thing going for him, though. He was in the Zeke the Plumber episode, but that's where it ends. Uh, Hopefully this podcast will become a reality so Michael can be exposed for the Ferguson he is. (laughs) Keep up the great work, guys. Mark. Oh, and let's not forget that Pinsky probably introduced all of us Southerners to the great cured meat known as salami. Hashtag not even lying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Man. I mean, I really want to see this happen now. Um... (laughs) Because the more I think about it, I think there are some advantages Michael has if we had this potential debate. Um, I think, like, at first glance, it's like, oh, Ronnie's cool. Yeah. But I think there's things to be looked at here. 
Do you have a uh, opinion, <laughs> Al? Like Michael or Pinsky? Who was better? Um, I don't even know. I'd have to revisit some things and really get some a real opinion about it. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't really considered it before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good to hear from you guys. Yeah. Uh, as always. Um, uh, so, hey Arnold, I was I was doing some reading. And I guess I never really had looked at this before, but one big thing I, I, I know we've talked about before in Hey Arnold is the city, just like the yeah. city landscape. Um, and so I was looking at it. Uh, first, do you know what the name of the city in Hey Arnold, hey Arnold is? Um, man, I know I read it a bunch of times while I was doing this. Like Hilldale or... Yeah. I'm not totally sure. It definitely starts with an H. Uh, Hillwood City. Oh, okay. And apparently it's never said in the show, but it like appears on signs mm. or things like things like that. But do you know, um, so uh, Craig Bartlett had mentioned that the city was created from a combination of three other cities. Oh. I feel like I can guess Boy. two of them. New York and Chicago? Uh, well, Brooklyn's one. Um, so he said, like, the street oh, where Arnold lives, smaller. the look, gotcha. Brooklyn. Mm. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, and Portland and Seattle. Oh. Uh, yeah, I guess. And I guess I was, I, I was looking at the wiki page for Hillwood City, uh, yeah. which has its own wiki page. And uh, most of the references in the show, I, I would have thought were been Brooklyn, but uh, most of the references in the show are in um, reference to, like, the state of Washington, Seattle and cities in Washington. Um, so, kind of interesting thing about. Um, I know we'll get to it, but do you guys utilize the city at all? A little. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, maybe loosely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't very much, yeah. but uh, it's certainly one of the first things I think about. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, why don't we dive into it and yeah. see what we got here? Andy. Okay. I guess I'll start it off. Unless okay. you guys are chomping at the bit to get. Oh, I can't, no, I, I love just sitting and listening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I call this one Home. Ooh. I love it. Just a simple... Because, <laughs> you know, usually I think we're always like overthinking titles. Yeah, yeah we do. But, uh, nice. And uh, Home, one of my favorite X-Files. Yeah, also a good one. <laughs> <laughs> They're loaded for you. Mickey can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. They're loaded for you, Mickey Kaline tells Arnold outside yes. the dugout at Quigley Stadium. <laughs> yes, Mickey Kaline. Now bring him home. <laughs> Arnold steps up to the plate, and when the pitch comes, he knocks it out of the park. As he crosses home, all the players, including Mickey, storm the batter's box and lift him up, chanting, Arnold! Arnold! <laughs> The screen turns dark, and a pair of eyelids blink open, and we see Grandpa Phil sitting on the edge of the bed, whispering, Arnold. Arnold jumps back in surprise and says, Grandpa, what are you doing? Come on, short man, Grandpa says. We got places to be. Meet me downstairs. Arnold quickly dresses, and when he comes down, the front door is open, and Grandpa's already outside in his Packard, shouting, Get a move on. Arnold climbs into the car and says, Shouldn't we tell someone we're leaving? But Grandpa says, there's no time. We'll be back before they know we're gone. And the car speeds off down the road. A short while later, Arnold and Grandpa are sitting in a diner, and Arnold asks, is this where you were rushing to take me to breakfast? No, there's someplace else we're headed, but we'll need our strength, Grandpa says. Where are we going, Grandpa? Arnold asks. But Grandpa just tells him, you'll have to wait and see. 
Back at the Sunset Arms, the boarders are in the kitchen eating breakfast, and Ernie is grumbling about the air conditioner going out again. <laughs> yes, a little throwback to heat. Yep. yep. <laughs> he starts looking for Grandpa to complain, and the boarders realize that none of them have seen Grandpa or Arnold all morning. Back on the road, Arnold's patience is starting to wear as they get stuck in traffic listening to MJZZ, the station the Packard is permanently tuned to. <laughs> Sweating and slumped against the car door, Arnold asks, How much longer is it going to be? Not long, short man, Grandpa says. Back at home, Gerald rides up to the boarding house looking for Arnold, but Grandma tells him that Arnold and Grandpa are missing. Worried something bad has happened, Gerald and Grandma start gathering recruits to search the neighborhood. Grandma acts and dresses like a drill sergeant to rally the boarders. Yes. And when Helga finds out, she becomes frantic and starts bossing all the kids around. Meanwhile, Arnold and Grandpa pull up to a small crumbling house sandwiched between two tall office buildings, and Grandpa explains that the house is being torn down later that day. As they step inside, Arnold asks, Why did you bring me here? There's a pan of the room, rotting floorboards and peeling, flowered-covered wallpaper. This was your house, Grandpa says, for a little while before your parents brought you to us, the three of you lived here. I thought you might want to see it before it's gone. Grandpa steps outside as Arnold sits in the dark entryway, quietly reflecting. After a long while, a worker from the demolition crew shows up to clear the house. But before Arnold leaves, he rips off a hunk of the wallpaper and stuffs it in his pocket. Arnold and Grandpa stick around and watch the house being torn down. Then they climb into the Packard and head home. By the time they get back, the sun is sinking, and the entire neighborhood is out. Kids shouting, Hey, Arnold! (laughs) Where have you been, man? Gerald asks, slumping down in relief when he sees Arnold coming up the sidewalk. Oh, we were just out, uh, Arnold says. At the arcade, Grandpa says, we were playing Spider Fighter, and I guess we lost track of time. Right, Arnold? Right, Arnold says. Everyone in the neighborhood is relieved that Arnold and Grandpa are safe, but news about their day at the arcade quickly spreads, and they're chased inside the boarding house by an angry mob. That night, as Arnold climbs into bed, he takes out the piece of ripped wallpaper, tacks it up on his wall, and looks at it fondly. The camera pans out to a street view of the boarding house at night, and we can hear Grandpa in her drill sergeant voice, Grandma in her drill sergeant voice, shouting, Lights out! Very nice. I like it. Yeah, very good. <sighs> love, uh, love the imagery of the uh, kind of crumbling house between yeah. uh, the buildings. I uh, was pretty happy about that. <laughs> I mean, I tried. I had to, like worked some things around to make that make some sense. Yeah, uh, just because I liked the idea of that. But, uh, no, yeah, but I. I think that's a good util. I, like if you're actually watching the episode, I think you'd really see the city of them in the cab and at the diner or at the house. Uh, I would say I would, I would have liked a little more time at the house. Oh, just like yeah. um, maybe them looking around or. Yeah, I was partially trying to fit it into that uh, half episode length. So yeah. I was thinking just how fast these would be happening. Um, but yeah, I see your point. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. The dialogue was nice, though. I mean, it fit with the characters really well. I Grandma think. and Grandpa, yeah. spot on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I really like that. I, I, and I could see that being an episode. Like, that would be... How did they not make that episode? Almost? <laughs> That's kind of my question. <laughs> yeah, it cool. seems perfect. Cool. Um, I don't know if you guys want to spoil anything, but uh, this came, I guess, 
you know, before he knew more about his parents. Yeah. You know, right. I, yeah, are you saying speaking Jungle Movie, um, or this would be I like think, a... Well, it at least came before Jungle Movie. Yeah. And maybe it didn't have to come at any particular time before that, but... Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, episodes where he discovers a little bit more. I mean, yeah. certainly towards the end he knows a bit more, so maybe yeah. a season one or two. Yeah. I, I, In my head it was season one, just because that's what I'm thinking of, like the yeah. way Arnold looks, especially in that season yeah. one. And, yeah. um, so solid. Yeah. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Well, Alex, what do we have here? All right. My episode is called electric relations. Hmm. hmm. My mind is right. I guess you'll find out. Oh, by the way, wait, wait, before you start, uh, one thing about your episode, you really threw me, uh, by calling it home and starting with the baseball yeah, dream sequence, I right. thought it was going to be about like home plate or something. Uh, so yeah. I was like waiting for a baseball episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice touch. No. Okay. <laughs> Electric relations. All right. Uh, the episode opens up with Arnold in his room looking at an ad he picked up from the local electronics store. It is advertising the Digimod 3000, <laughs> a high-tech modulator that will really take his room to the next level. It will allow him to not only control all of the functions of his room, but with a much greater distance than the remote he normally uses. Arnold daydreams of all the things he could use it for, even while he's at school. Uh, feeding Abner, locking his room down from burglars, <laughs> releasing his carrier pigeon to bring him his forgotten homework. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. That's it. Arnold has to have it. He begins devising ways that he can raise the money to purchase the Digimod 3000. So he starts at the boarding house. Arnold is washing the windows of the boarding house for, gran for Grandpa. Uh, just as he is finishing and collecting the money from Grandpa, Eugene comes walking by and trips on his own sandals, causing him to run right into Arnold, <laughs> sending the metal bucket he was using up in the air and right through one of the freshly washed windows. Grandpa snatches the money back, uh, to pay for the for fixing the broken window, he can't give up yet, so he pushes on to find another way to write, to raise the money. Arnold finds that Mrs. Vitello, who owns the flower shop in town, could use some extra help watering, pruning, and arranging some uh, watering, pruning, and arranging some new plants that she acquired. After working tirelessly on a hot day. Arnold wipes his sweat from his brow, just as he is thinking things are looking pretty good. Just then, Harold comes barreling through, running after the Jolly Ollie truck, screaming something about getting ripped off. <laughs> after the commotion passes, Arnold looks back at his work, only to realize that Harold has trampled all of the new plans. <laughs> Mrs. Vitello walks out to see what a terrible job Arnold has done and starts yelling at him, oh boy. chasing him off unpaid. Oh, man. Harold screwing things up. Yep. <laughs> Arnold thinks that some additional help may be what he's missing. Arnold decides to recruit Gerald for his biggest job yet, thinking with some help he could make more money by doing fewer big jobs. Arnold sees that the park has some unkempt, has become unkempt with trash everywhere and tall, overgrown grass. So he decides to talk to Mayor Dixie about getting <laughs> <laughs> paid to clean things up. Man, there's some, there's some. <laughs> Iconic characters yeah. popping up here. <laughs> she reveals to him that the landscapers have been un unable to fix up the park lately and agree to his offer. Things are going great. Gerald is picking up all the trash and bagging it up while Arnold is giving the grass a fresh cut. 
Unfortunately, Gerald's sister, Timberly, sees the two working at the park and decides she wants to play a prank on her brother. Timberly jumps out from behind a tree and begins spraying Arnold and Gerald with a water gun. Both of them reacting to the surprise, drop what they are doing, causing Arnold to lose control of the lawnmower. The mower is rolling downhill, straight for a large pile of trash Gerald has not yet bagged. They try to catch the mower, but it is too late. The mower tears through the trash, throwing trash confetti all over the freshly cut grass. The piece is far too small to be picked up without tweezers. This plan has been a failure also. The park looks worse than when they started. Arnold just can't seem to help his bad luck. He thinks to himself, maybe a bit of Eugene rubbed off on him. Uh, feeling defeated, Arnold decides he has no choice but to go ask Big Bob Tacky <laughs> if, if he needs any help around yeah. the beaver store. <laughs> Thinking this was a safe place to make some extra cash and hopefully not run into any of his friends. Bob says okay, he's, he's got some new inventory that he needs to put out on the shelves. As he is stocking the shelves, we see Helga hiding around the corner of one of the end caps at the end of the aisle, pining over Arnold while holding her locket as she goes on about how much of an ambitious, determined, <laughs> amazing boy Arnold is. She spins around, accidentally kicking a precarious leg off the shelf, or of the shelf, uh, starting off an avalanche of beepers, taking down the whole shelf that Arnold has just oh finished boy. stocking. <laughs> Not knowing the cause of this, Arnold lets out a disgruntled yell out of frustration. Just then, Big Bob comes out yelling about what that sound was, chasing off Arnold yet again. Of course Helga is not going to admit to Big Bob it was her fault. In the commotion of Arnold running out of the store, he drops some papers. Helga sees this and picks them up, finding them to be an ad for the Digimod 3000, as well as a list of jobs and his total earnings. She puts together that Arnold has been trying to work jobs to save up for the Digimod 3000 and sees that he has made nothing so far. Feeling bad for Arnold, especially after being the cause of some of, the, of his failure, Helga talks to the gang at school. Gerald, having been involved, tells everyone just what is going on. The others admit to their involvement as well. Helga convinces them that they owe Arnold for messing up his plans and should try to right their wrongs to raise the money for him to purchase the Digimod 3000. They, they set out together and get to work. The gang finds a decent-looking window out in the garbage and managed to repurpose it to fit the broken window at the boarding house. Eugene was tasked with being lookout to make sure Arnold wouldn't see, with the additional bonus of him not being involved with delicate objects. Grandpa decides to pay them for their work now that he doesn't have to hire someone to fix it. So far, so good. So the gang talked to Mrs. Vitello, and Harold admits that he was the one that ran through the plants and ruined Arnold's work. They all pitch in to help her fix what was damaged and help Mrs. Vitello make some flower arrangements for an upcoming wedding she was working on. She awarded them with payment for helping her rush to get all of the work done. Gerald expresses his concern about the park situation. Surely they could not pick up every piece of shredded trash one by one, but they have to try for Arnold. Gerald, is, Gerald was able to talk to the mayor and convince her to let them have another chance. Uh, there's got to be a way. So, so Helga badgers Phoebe into helping. Surely if you can find a way to clean up the trash pit, or surely if anyone can find a way to clean up the trash pits, it was her. So 
Phoebe devises a plan to use leaf blowers to blow the trash at a tarp and, and trap all of the garbage pieces. And the plan works perfectly. Even Timberly helped hold the tarp and wrap it up ready for trash day. The park looks great and Mayor Dixie is pleased with their work. Just short of their goal, Helga realizes the only thing left to do is face the music and tell Big Bob <laughs> that it was actually her that knocked over all of the new merchandise. Um, there is no helping her with this one. Helga, Helga convinces Big Bob to allow her to work around the beeper store to pay him back for what she damaged and to make some extra cash to reimburse Arnold for the work he did. After some miserable, ti miserable time spent working with Big Bob, Helga raised the rest of the money. The gang was ecstatic. They could finally repay Arnold for all, of, for all that they did. <clears throat> Gerald asks another, Arnold to meet him at the corner down the street from the electronics store. When Arnold arrives, he sees that the whole gang is waiting for him. They apologize for all the trouble they caused him and present him with the money they raised for him to buy the Digimod 3000. Arnold can't believe that all of them would go to that much trouble just for him. Arnold accepts the money and heads into the store to buy the Digimon 3000, but catches a glimpse of all of his friends with their faces pressed up against the glass, <laughs> realizing how much they care about him and that they mean far more to him than this device. The gang is confused. No, Arnold, buy it. <laughs> buy it now. <laughs> the, the gang is confused when they see Arnold put the cash back in his pocket and start walking out of the store. <laughs> when he gets back outside, the gang confronts him about what happened. Arnold gives them a heartfelt speech about how much it all means to him and reveals that they have enough money for all of them to have a, a rad day at Dino Land. They all go together and have a blast getting sick from all of the snacks and rides. There's one final scene of Helga clutching her locket and melting over how great Arnold is, <laughs> stopping to lean over and hurl into a trash can. <laughs> wow. Really nice. good. Yeah. A lot of characters that I uh, totally forgot about or didn't even know their names, maybe. Yeah. Like the mayor? Oh, I'm not sure I remember hearing the mayor's name before. She's in, um, I don't know if it's just the movie. I think she's in the movie, but when they're bringing back or making the um, the theater a historical monument. Oh yeah, she's there to do it. I think she's in a few other episodes for like similar <laughs> weird things. Yeah. No, yeah, it was a great like collage of characters, places, um, both stories. So your story, like I think, capture they both capture like something um, elemental about Arnold, like the the sentimental kind of pull at your heartstring story and then you have your pitching together which yeah, are some totally. of my favorite arnold's i mean we talked about vacant lot where like the kids kind of put together their means to do yeah. what they think is right um or the adults in that episode too uh, and in this episode as well so i uh, i loved it i thought it was great yeah i'm really glad that it came back around uh, <laughs> and that the characters started um making up for the problems that they caused at the beginning. I didn't expect that to happen, really. Yeah. Um, I'd always be wary that Harold would make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'd uh, imagine some of those, like, things would be, for the half-episode type of thing, yeah. be a little bit more of a quick montage type uh, of thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. A visual thing rather than me explaining yeah. it. Yeah, words. totally. Yeah, just, like, kind of quick showing them working together. Yeah. I also liked that... Uh, 
this revolved around Arnold's room and yeah. updating it. Yeah. Uh, that was just one of the coolest elements of Arnold, I think. And For sure. Um, I'm not... There's a... We've talked about this before. A lot of cool rooms in 90s Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Arnold's room... You just like I, you'd want to live there. Yeah. Like that would yeah. be a place. <laughs> yeah, it always seemed really cool to see him walk in, you know, flip open this couch, turn on the yeah. radio or whatever. <laughs> all that stuff. Although I'd really want him to buy that Digimon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very cool. And that was yeah. electronic relations? Uh electric relations. Oh, electric uh, relations. Okay. Very right. nice. Um all right. Uh, so my story is, um, so you, I think you guys did a really good job of using the city, uh, and d- even though I love the city, um, mine is almost a singular location. Mm. Uh, this story is called The Organ Player. Hmm. <laughs> the Organ <laughs> All right. We begin with an exterior shot of an old church on a busy city corner. Arnold sits in the church as we hear a priest speaking in a drone. He is reading Psalm 4940. I will turn my ear to a proverb. With the harp, I will expound my riddle. Grandpa sits snoring next to Arnold. We see different members of the church. We see Lana Vale, uh, one of the boarders, knitting. We see Ernie doing a crossword puzzle. We see parents trying to keep their babies quiet as their cries bounce off the church walls. Uh, Then we cut back to Arnold, sitting in a daze as the priest carries on. We then see that Helga is sitting directly behind Arnold with her mother, Miriam, who looks a bit intoxicated as normal. Uh, Across the aisle, we see Gerald sitting with his family, uh, with his sister, Timberly, second Timberly appearance, uh, with his sister, Timberly, (laughs) poking Gerald as he sits blankly. Uh, A few rows back, we see Phoebe, uh, and Helga eventually leans over to Arnold and says, This bites. Arnold motions for her to be quiet and rolls his eyes. We hear the priest say, On a separate note, we'd like to thank our longtime organ player, Craig. Craig has been with the church for nearly 20 years, and today is his last service. We can't imagine going on without you, but we wish you all the best going forward. We hear a smattering of polite polite applause. Now, says the priest, please rise as we sing, and can it be? Everyone stands, and the organ starts to play. Arnold looks over his shoulder and up to the back of the church where we see a balcony with a large organ, but we cannot make out the person playing it. Arnold then looks over at Gerald. We see Gerald also looking up to try to see the organ player, but with no luck. We see the priest squinting, looking up at the organ too, as he takes sips out of the church chalice. Gerald and Arnold lock eyes, seeming disappointed. Arnold leans over to Grandpa and says, I need to use the bathroom. Grandpa is drooling as he snores and mumbles something incoherently. Arnold gets up and motions for Gerald to follow him. As Gerald gets up, we see Helga look interested. What are these losers up to? She wiggles past her mom to follow them. As she starts going down the aisle, we see her motion to Phoebe to come along. We cut to the lobby of the church, the song inside the lobby now sounding muffled. We see Grandma sitting in the lobby in her beach chair. She has a pair of binoculars and is is looking through the church door towards the altar. We hear her mutter, Oh, he wore his purple socks today. (laughs) As the kids gather in the lobby away from Grandma, Helga says, What's the big idea? What's going on? We busting out of this joint? Arnold calmly says, No, didn't you hear what he just said? This is the organ player's last service. Phoebe, I don't understand. Helga, yeah, so what? Gerald chimes in, You guys really don't know? Know what, says Phoebe. 
Arnold goes into a story which is illustrated separately as he tells it. He says the organ player, who's depicted by a large shadow figure, has never been seen. We see the shadow figure sneak in and out of the church, up and down stairs, fingers playing on an organ, and so on as Arnold tells the story. Arnold continues, For years people have tried to figure out who he is. People have waited by the staircase outside the church. They've set up cameras, you name it, but no one has ever seen the organ player. People think he lives in the balcony. Some nights when you walk by the church, you can hear the organ playing. Helga, didn't they just say his name was Craig? Gerald, word is, that's not even his name. My pop said for as long as he's come here, he's never seen anyone up there or leave from up there. Arnold, so this is it. We've got to figure it out. Helga says this sounds lame. Phoebe says, yeah, I should go back to my seat. Gerald reaches out out of excitement and accidentally touches Phoebe's hand. No, he says. She blushes. We could, we could be legends, the kids who figured out the most famous organist in the city. Helga responds, just one problem, genius. She points to the doorway with the stairs. There is a guard and a chain rope with a sign across it that says, Private Area, Absolutely No Intruders. Arnold walks over to his grandma and says he needs a favor. He whispers in her ear and she smiles and nods. You got it, kiddo, she says. Grandma walks over towards the guard and pretends to trip over his foot. She falls over, moaning that her back is hurting. Oh, the pain, she says. I see the light. I'm coming home. <laughs> the guard panics, leaning over to try to help her. She looks over at the kids, winks, and goes back to pretending. Arnold back, takes a deep breath and pushes Pat past them. They watch as he crawls under the chain rope. He looks back. It's now or never, he says. Gerald smiles and follows. Phoebe looks at Helga and urges her to come on. She says, this will be fun. Helga puffs. Fun. Yeah, right. As they start up the stairs, the stairs creak loudly. Old wooden stairs, dusty and unkept. The stairwell winds upwards with stained glass windows up high. On the wall, as the kids creep up the stairs, are pictures of the Stations of the Cross. The organ stops playing just as we see Phoebe walk into a spiderweb. She screams. It echoes. We hear quick footsteps on the floor above. The kids freeze and look up. The stairs wind in a way where we cannot see the door, but we can see the shadow of the doorway. A large, looming figure appears. As Phoebe goes to scream again, Helga puts her hand over her mouth. A second figure appears in the doorway. Again, just a shadow, but this shadow is even larger. Gerald's eyes get big. He whispers, Man, Arnold, maybe we should get out of here. Arnold looks determined. No way, Gerald. This is it. We have to know. The door slams, making the stairwell dimmer. Arnold continues up. The others look reluctant and watch him go up alone. Arnold approaches the door, an old wooden door that says, Notice, this door must be kept closed. Arnold notices a peephole. He bends down and looks through. Glorious light shines down on the organ. We see someone sitting at it, but the light is too bright to make out who it is. It just looks like a silhouette. We hear the organ start up again. Arnold looks down and waves for them to follow. They shake their heads no. He slowly turns the doorknob. Again, we hear the quick moving of feet, and as Arnold pushes the door open, the door slams back on him, almost throwing him off balance. The pattering of feet quickly move back away from the door. Helga simply says, nope, I'm out of here. Phoebe grabs her and pulls her, by the, pulls her up the stairs by her shirt collar. Arnold looks at them in a manner to say, it's go time. He lightly turns the knob again, this time, no feet. Gerald is sweating and breathing heavily. Arnold motions for him to try to be quiet. We're almost there. Arnold slowly opens the door. Just as the door is open enough for them to go through, the organ stops playing. 
the kids pause. They feel a gust of wind blow by them, like something supernatural. Even Arnold looks a bit terrified. As they tiptoe forward, we see a figure come up behind Helga. She hears the figure breathing and looks like, and it looks like she's going to cry. Arnold turns to scold Gerald for breathing so heavily, but the kids freeze as they realize the breathing is coming from behind Helga. A hand reaches out and touches her on the shoulder. Don't kill me, she wails. We hear a dull voice say, Uh, hi. The kids, the kids look stunned as they know the voice of the figure. Out from the shadows steps their classmate, Brainy. We hear a classic zany Arnold cymbal crash. <laughs> Brainy, the kids say in unison. No way, Gerald says. You can't be the organ player. You're not old enough. Brainy breathes heavily. I know. <laughs> so what are you doing up here? Phoebe says. Helping. Helping who? Spit it out, blockhead, or I'll force it out of you, how good demands. Brainy points to the organ. They look back. The glow from the stained glass brighter than ever. The f- they move slowly forward. The figure stands up. They freeze. The organ player moves towards them and finally steps out of the light. Their mouths drop. As we see their faces, we hear a loud, slow breathing. Arnold mutters, It's... 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 Helga cuts in. It's frickin' Brainy! The tall man looks nearly identical to Brainy, except he's taller and older. Brainy walks next to them. Uh... My dad. Gerald starts laughing slowly and then eventually uncontrollably. Arnold starts as well. Arnold, this whole time the infamous organ player was your dad? Brainy thinks for a moment and responds, Uh, I guess. Brainy's dad, sounding a lot like Brainy, reaches out his hand. Craig, he says. Brainy slides closer to Helga and says, I turn the music pages. As he raises his eyebrows up and down, she shoves him away. It fades to a new scene where the kids are sitting near the organ in the balcony as Craig sits to play his last song at the church. We hear the priest say, Please turn to page 14 in your songbook as we sing Oh Happy Day, as requested by our organ player Craig. We see Craig bend his fingers out as he prepares to play. As we hear the organ player and the church start singing, the kids sit watching. Gerald sighs, Man, I don't know, sometimes maybe the mystery is better than the truth, you know? Arnold watches on. I don't know, Gerald. Arnold smiles. I think in this case, the truth is better. As he looks on, we see Brainy smiling ear to ear, turning the pages for his dad at the organ, tapping his toes in delight as his father smiles back at him as he plays. Light shines down on the balcony as Oh Happy Day fades out the episode. Wow. Very good. <laughs> yeah, really good one. Yeah. Um, the end, before I move on to other stuff, is I'm yeah. thinking about it right now. Uh, I liked a lot the Arnold and Gerald talking at the end there. Yeah. That felt like a real... Hey Arnold. Yeah. Thing. Um, Arnold. Arnold. Oh, well, someone's always seems to be enlightened at the end yes, of an Arnold yeah, episode. Yeah. Like even in all of our cases, like someone's kind of experienced something. Um, I like in your episode. I really like that Grandpa like doesn't want to embarrass Arnold, so he covers for him about where he was. Yeah. In Alex's episode, like Arnold just kind of having a moment of realization. There's always like that. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Um, I loved the uh, church setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really imagine that. I mean, I know that look of that a big church like that, like yeah. in a city, yeah, escape. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, and the episode really reminded me of some other Hey Arnold. I mean, like the way that um, 
the mystery character or like the yeah the you know the character that's being put down by people or whatever right um, yeah. yeah there's always some legend yeah yeah yes yeah. yeah I was thinking um like when I started I was like well what's my favorite Arnold's and like I was thinking Stoop Kid and Pigeon Man yeah. and mm. like uh, uh is it the uh, headless cabbie um <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like urban legends. Yes. But in this case, like oh, in Arnold's case, they're always obtainable. They're not like actually, like the pigeon man is on the roof yeah, and yeah, the stoop kid's yeah. on his stoop. <laughs> and so I like thought like, well, the organ player will be there. But yeah, um, no, that yeah. was good um, and great payoff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah that, was that was very good. I did not see it coming until like a few moments before the official payoff. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. Like oh. I really wanted to work Brainy in. Uh, I also had to like do research about what characters uh, of the kids' parents of what characters had like not really received any storyline. Yeah. yeah. And so it's. I think it, I read that like um, Brainy's parents show up briefly in one episode, but not even with an introduction, like in the background somewhere. Yeah. And so like they are a nameless kind of. Uh, we just know they exist. So I thought this would be a good chance. Yeah. Gave yeah. the name Craig for Craig Bartlett. Ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting. You were the only one that had an unused character. Oh. Oh. Like, you yeah. created a character for Yeah. Episode. I guess so. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we knew we know he exists, but yeah, yeah never has a story. But, right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That was oh, the order. Good. Uh, three really good yeah. ones. Home. Yeah. Electric Relations. Yep. And uh, the organ player. Very good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, those were cool. <laughs> um, they, both of yours really were like Hey Arnold type stories. Mm. Um, yours with with the character and Alex with the um, like with the whole town getting together to the arc. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really Arnoldish. I like that you guys used did way more dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I guess. The premise of mine was almost more like him just working and you see, you know, a lot more visual stuff yeah. it would have been in the episode, I think. But It is, like, when you start writing it, like, Helga has just such a particular way of speaking, Arnold and Gerald, the way they speak to each other, yeah. and definitely mm-hmm. Grandma and Grandpa are, like, I mean, I didn't write anything for Grandpa, but, like, they're just fun to write for. Yeah. yeah. Even, like, in your story with, like, Grandma being the sergeant, who, we've seen her like that before, yeah. right? Where yeah. She's yeah. just kind of yeah. bossing people around. <laughs> Yeah, they're just really fun characters. It feels overwhelming when you're sitting down to write it, and then you realize, oh, these are fun characters to write for. You yeah. want to put words in their mouth. Yeah, Arnold especially. Like, all the characters are really distinct. Yeah. And none of them blend together at all. They're really, no. It's yeah. really great in that way. Yeah. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, I was I was searching out before we started as to whether other Hey Arnold fan fiction exists out there. So if you guys like this stuff, of course you could always try to create your own and send it our way. We could kind of share uh, your your plot. Um, but there is a website out there called fanfiction.net, and I'm not being paid to promote this, but it's just kind of fun if you're interested in seeing other stuff. So if you search Hey Arnold, uh, different stories will come up, um, including uh, the adventures of Shelga. And Bro Man Dude, which was published very recently. I mean, uh, as we're recording this, it says 12 minutes ago. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> Before I pulled oh, it up. Uh, there's a story here called What Are the Odds? Um, there's one called Arnold's Wizarding World. Um, so this website, I think, like, you can pick any show you want and then kind of create your own uh, your own little story. 
Um, so yeah, some of the, some of these are from the last year. Some are old, but it's if cool. you're interested in fan fiction, it's it's out there. Um, one's called Arnold's Family, A Slice of Life. What the Helga? Oh, that's a that's a good title. That's a good title. <laughs> Let's see what that one. That one's about the adult life of Arnold. Uh, falls victim to an intergalactic blood feud. <laughs> okay. See, this is what I'm. Wow, maybe really? we should really stretch a little more. Yeah, maybe yeah. We, I feel like we're, too close we're to writing. The yeah, we're writing inside the universe yeah. that Nick created. Maybe we should just like go sci-fi or yeah. something. <laughs> um, and then I thought it'd be fun to maybe test some trivia knowledge. You guys want to try this? Sure. Yeah. See how deep it goes. Okay. Arnold's last name was hinted at throughout the series, but never revealed until the Jungle movie. What is Arnold's surname? I know. Yeah. Um, short man. Oh yeah. Or short yeah. man. However you want yeah. To say. And you used it in your story with yeah. Grandpa waking him up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, according to an aptitude test, what is Gerald's potential future profession? <laughs> this is pretty funny. Huh. I remember this happening. But... <laughs> Pretty funny, huh? Well, I, I, I mean, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny to think of Gerald in this role. Oh, uh, um, hmm. taxi driver. Uh, that was probably too. <laughs> I didn't think low of that. It was for just, Gerald. Yeah. I don't uh, know. It was a talk show host sidekick. Oh. <laughs> uh, Wood Woods person was the profession given to Harold. Uh, although the tests were mixed up, <laughs> although the tests were mixed up, it was temporarily given to Helga and Brandy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the name of Helga's older sister? Um, oh, do you know it? Um, I got it. Olga. Olga. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. And it says here that Olga is precisely 12 years older than Helga. I can't oh, believe it. 12 years? Wow. Seems more significant than I thought. Yeah. Um, what number is featured on Gerald's t shirt? Every episode. I think I got it. Uh, <laughs> I want to say three. I think it's 33. 33. Uh. Yeah, you need one more three there. <laughs> I um, see it in my head. But... You know the color of the shirt? Yeah. Red? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Who is the one that often mutters the phrase none of us used it but who often mutters the phrase you're a bold kid oh, oh. do you know I think I'm pretty sure you've got Gerald oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe it was a trick question bold kid, <laughs> why didn't Rhonda invite Gerald to her cool kids party oh. I remember that episode but no uh, he beat her for class president Oh. Do you know Helga's middle initial? Yeah. Ooh. G. G. Yeah, yeah. She rarely mentions it, but uh, she spits. Uh, she spits whenever she does. So when she says oh. the G, a little spit comes out. <laughs> Never noticed that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Just a little trivia. Yeah, a little yeah. spice things Good up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts about uh, the writing episode before we wrap up? Um, just one other thing that came to me about mm-hmm. yours that I liked was, uh, the fixing Grandpa Phil's window after it. I mean, oh, you yeah. d- did come back to the details really well. I liked that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that. That's all. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I kind of figured it was like, uh, you know, in helping raise the money for it, they kind of 
since he got like uh not well represented he got like chased <laughs> off a bit in the first parts and made it look like it was other people that screwed it up yeah that it was sort of a way for them to like smooth it over with the rest of the you know people in the <laughs> yeah, city that yeah. he's always interacting with yeah so yeah. cool nice. well um it's starting to get to the point where I'm like excited to do writing episodes. Like, yes, it doesn't feel as much like a task anymore, or as much as it's like, oh yeah, let's just see what I can come up. with. Yeah, they're flowing better, <laughs> easier. Yes. Um, but this was pretty tough to me. Yeah. Still, that tone to get, I think, was the hardest of these. Mm. But uh, yeah. Do you have a hardest or? Um, I'm trying to think what we the Halloween one. I've, was really hard uh, for me because yeah. like it just felt a little like forcing something into an episode. Yeah. Um, Rocco felt daunting, but like this one, I once I got to like write for the characters, yeah. like that just has to be so much fun if you got to work on those shows to like write dialogue yes, for those characters. Um, and salute your shorts was also tough because you have a restricted. They can't go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess there's the episode where they go to the movie theater, and that's a great one because they yes, get out of the camp. But, but uh, that's tough because you are. I know I stuck them in one place, but you're stuck at a camp. Yeah, there's like yeah. no other option. So I'd say either Halloween or Slew Shorts have been mm. the ones that I've yeah. most stressed over. Now that you're talking about them, I guess they all felt kind of difficult <laughs> at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But they're fun. All right. Well, um, what do we? Uh, this next one has been a year in the making. Yeah. Uh, approximately since last Valentine's Day, when this debate had its origins. Uh, what are we talking about <laughs> next? <laughs> um, next week we're going to be doing Dead Man's Float versus Dream Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one you've been waiting for. <laughs> Certainly one I've been waiting for. Um, these are two episodes I love of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Two um, totally different episodes. Two, yeah. they have nothing. So <laughs> this is kind of funny because the last time we did a versus, we're like, boy, we got to find ways to get episodes that have more in common. Yeah. And <laughs> these two are, are totally opposite in almost every way. Yeah. But I think the good thing here is that they are both highly beloved. Yes. Are you afraid of the dark episodes? So like, no matter how different they are, I think people one could see why they're both good. Yes. And so the argument will be fun to listen to. Um, I think I'm judging on that one. Yeah. Uh, so for the first time, I'll judge. Um, I feel very confident that it will be unbiased because these are yeah. both episodes no, I love. No, I, I um, trust you. <laughs> I'll come with my strict <laughs> set of rules. And <laughs> I feel pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be an interesting task to oh, yeah. compare them. Yeah. You know? Um, and oh, of course, oh, we should say Melissa is going to be arguing yeah. for um, Dead Man's Float. So, yes. the, if you haven't listened to um, favorite, or oh, I'm sorry, it was um, Perfect Date Night lineup. That was it. Yeah, it was. We did it for Valentine's Day last year. Um, so, if you haven't listened to Perfect Date Night lineup, it's a very good episode. Go check it out. Um, but in that episode, Andrew and Melissa, we we see the seeds of that debate happening. As <laughs> Melissa cannot believe Andrew picked a Dream Girl for his date night, and Andrew cannot believe Melissa picked uh, Dead Man's Float for her date night. Um, <laughs> uh, bef- I mean, obviously, you, since you won't be here, uh, Dream Girl, Dead Man's Float, any feelings one way or another? Um, overall, for the episode itself, I'd say Dead Man's Float all the way. <laughs> but but in terms of if to go back to date night 
Oh, I don't yeah. know that that's the right episode. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess context matters a little yeah. in that case. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. We've started to post the. Um, we're getting closer to the final uh, four for each episode for uh, listeners' favorite Nickelodeon episode. So you guys have been voting. Uh, we've been tallying, and uh, we're getting we're getting close to having our final four. And once those are solidified, um, look to either Twitter or uh, Instagram to be able to vote uh, if you want to say and what are the best episodes of each show. Uh, you can also email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com, just as Mark, Adam, and Cameron did. Um, and you can also hear us on Podbean and iTunes. Uh, we appreciate our new five-star reviews um, from... Zachary Jackson Brown, thank you for the really nice. kind review and Nerdy Nick ninety one, uh, the very heartfelt words, very nice to hear. Um, Alex, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. That's you really, brought, you really yes, brought it. You really did. Good. You, you are. Uh, <laughs> everybody has brought it on right an episode, yeah, it's been and crazy. it's been a good and a bad thing. Good because these have been really good yeah. stories, and bad because now we're like, well, these people can write an episode. Oh, yeah, if yeah. We need, <laughs> <laughs> need them ever again. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Ward Radio.